Ah. <laughs> Steely got me again. Oh, my gosh. Well, what's Ty. going on? What? I thought we were going to play the whole song. Well, I'm in here. I'm looking at Connor because I'm like, my mic's not working, dude. What's going on? Steely got me with the switch. It's been a while yeah. since he got me with the switch. I'm like, I don't know what the problem is. What's going on? I'm like, is Teddy there? What's going on? I was about to bring it in. Trust me. Uh, all right. Yeah. Hey. Welcome in. Let's go. I did three intros that were really good, okay? But um, <laughs> none of them came across, all right? So that's why I just kind of limped in. Were there any of them one. making fun of me for uh, sitting out in the hot, humid Houston sun today? Dude, this is like your dream. You've been waiting for this for six or seven years. Me having to, out of all the places where I have to sit outside for a show, can you think of a better spot? I can't think of a spot that would make you happier for me to sit out in than Houston. Yeah. And here I am in jeans. Beautiful. Um, the guy who has the widest legs I think I've ever seen has an opportunity uh -huh. to get a little bit of sun and yep. he's wearing jeans when it's above 90 degrees out there. But I, I do yep. understand yep. you thought it was going to be inside – what, you, do you not have any pool at all to where you can at least say, hey, uh, you know, it's really hot out here, guys. Why don't we set me up in the lobby or something? Uh, yeah, zero. Uh, I rolled up here, and Teddy, it's like they have been talking about it for 30 minutes. They said, yeah, you're right out there underneath that tree. But don't worry, there's a power source right by the tree. So I had uh, pretty much no say in the matter. But you know what? As hot as it is right now, and boy, it's hot. I was doing okay at one. I was doing okay at two, but we've really taken a turn since three o'clock has yeah. hit. Um, the next thirty minutes are really going to decide if I can make it the entire show or not. Somehow, Teddy, somehow, this is still not as hot or as miserable or even sticky as it is and is going to be the second Saturday of October in Dallas, Texas. Ooh. Though it feels like the hottest day, the most humid day I've ever felt in my life. Somehow it feels about 15 degrees cooler than what I'm going to feel in Dallas uh, for the OU-Texas game. I would feel bad for you, but I did a remote oh, you would. from the Women's College World Series one time from the blacktop parking lot with no shade. Uh, so <laughs> that was in early June. Don't I don't feel bad at all. I actually do. Frankly, I'm a little upset at the venue Typical Texas, everything's bigger in Texas except for hospitality, I guess. Uh, won't even let someone inside whenever they're pumping the venue for the Sooner Caravan. Unbelievable. Yeah, um, it's, that's all right, man. Um, real Texas hospitality. Just stick me outside <laughs> under a tree. That's what Texas tough is. We'll hang out outside for four hours under the tree. We're too scared. The two flagship universities are too scared to play one another. But, boy, the tough is you just uh, send someone outside here. It's a, hey, I'm going to make it. It's it's all good. I've got a couple waters here. Um, it's, all, it's all good, man. Going to talk to Bob Stoops next segment. Boz is supposed to stop by later. Yeah. I think uh, Jim Ross, JR, is going to stop by later as well. So this is going to be, I have a feeling, I will put the expectations way too high. This show could be like Texas A&M, but I, I think, feel like this could be one of the better shows we've had in a while. Well, I think you're getting your expectations up too high because here's what's going to happen. When you ask JR and the boss to come do a segment outside in the heat, they're going to tell you to get stuffed, 
Okay. <laughs> so um, it's not wrong. <laughs> so, uh, that's my feeling. Is like, what? What do you mean? Do out there at four no. o'clock in the heat? No thanks. Here, here's no. They're going to come on the show today, but they're like, yeah, forget your headset. How about I just call in from inside, and I'll call in in the radio show. Does that sound good? Wow. Yeah, Boz, that sounds good. That'll uh, work. Well, what do you expect down there? It, it's I, I know there's a big group of Sooners down there in Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth area. Tons of Sooner fans down there. It should be a really good showing. I'm guessing there's going to be. I mean, that's probably going to be the biggest one that we've seen so far because you know for a couple of reasons there's a lot of Sooner fans down there and they don't have nearly the access that people in Oklahoma do right so probably going to really want to come out and see what the head coach has to say yeah I mean Tulsa was sold out um god where else have I been Amarillo was packed Duncan was packed I don't know why Houston would be any different. I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, at least Duncan, that you're close. Tulsa, you're relatively close. There's a big alumni base down here, so I would expect it to be packed. I mean, the the event is going to be outside, just like I am currently, but the venue is really cool. The excitement is high. I just I feel like the attendance for everything football-wise is going to be high. You know, I, I feel like we're all – going to feel like we're a, a bunch of sardines packed in for game one against UTEP. Like, <laughs> I think it's hot right now, and I know it's going to be hot for OU Texas, but, buddy, that UTEP game, just like it was in 2000, uh, it's going to be packed full of bodies, and it's going to be a hot one. Woo-hoo, man. Yeah. No, I, I agree 100%. Uh, it, it's got the feeling early on, um, Oklahoma, Texas – I think there's a bunch of places in the uh, in the Midwest experiencing some record heat. I've got a feeling we're going to have a scorcher of a summer. It's going to probably carry all the way into uh, into. It'll definitely carry into the OU Texas game, but could be a hot one. Well, um, I'll tell you something that's interesting. I I think Coach uh, Patty Gasso is. Meeting with the media tonight, we should have some. Um, we should have some, maybe updates on Jordy Ball. So, I know there's a lot of people really waiting around on that to see what, because that's a. Does it kill them if they don't have her the rest of the way? No, I think they can fight their way through still. But boy, it means a lot to have uh, one of the best pitchers out there for this team right now, especially coming off of a loss. So. Really interested to hear what goes on at six o'clock tonight. Yeah, um, let's let's hope that that's good news. Is this like a special press conference just to address Jordy Bowl, or was this just a already scheduled press conference and we just know about it because Jordy Ball could potentially be injured? Now that's a question I do not have an answer to, but I know that there's been some updates to. To her situation, I, I don't know that there's a clear answer on a timeline back or anything like that, but I, I do think there's been some updates and be able to learn a little bit more about what exactly is going on there. So, um, I don't know. That's big time. That's um, yeah. That's very Like critical. I told you yesterday, it's just a guess, man. Um, I'm going to guess, though, that she doesn't pitch this weekend. Hopefully she'll be back for the Super Regionals or – the WCWS for sure, man, but I, I, I would guess that she's unavailable this weekend. But 
we're allowed to have good news on this front, right? That's right. Let's hope that happens at 6 p.m. Hey, um, some major – so yesterday it was announced that Texas and Alabama is going to be aired on Fox. So we're guessing that's going to be a big noon 11 a.m. kickoff in Austin. God, that one's going to be a scorcher as well in week two of the season. So someone texted in yesterday and saying, well, that means that OU in Texas is going to be on ABC. And they're right. OU in Texas will be on ABC this year on October 8th. Now, I don't think that that necessarily means that it's going to be a 2.30 game. I feel like OU in Texas before has been an 11 a.m. game on ABC. I think that that's probably going to stay at that kickoff time. Do you think, though, is there any chance with this rivalry moving forward in the SEC, in pods, out of pods, I don't think it really matters, is there a chance that we get away from the 11 a.m. kick once both schools are in the SEC because that conference really likes that that 2.30 window? Oh, boy. I I don't know. I, 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 would, I would guess that that's going to have a strong possibility, but I don't know for sure. It's hard for me to say. I don't. I don't know. I did. Or have they really done ABC and been eleven o'clock? I thought that was. I feel like they have. Yeah. I. I mean, I don't think it's been a lot of times, but I feel like there's been an ABC eleven a.m. game. Like, like there definitely were. Um, the O one game. That was on ABC, and that was at eleven a.m. Correct, or maybe that was later in the day. But um, someone can fact check that. But I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you may be right about that. I don't know. There's. There's not a. A crazy amount of big games that week. Um, I'm because I'm trying to look for what a what a big noon game might look like. Uh, you have Ohio State, Michigan State at Michigan State. I mean, is that worthy That'd of a big, big noon? Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. That that is. So if if that's a big noon, then they probably wouldn't take OU Texas on ABC against that, right? Um, I would still think that OU in Texas has put 11 a.m. there. And then, because you got to remember, like, the ABC's big, their big game is the ABC night game at uh, at 6.30 at night. So they'll still have that nighttime slot that that's, that's there, and they'll still probably draw pretty good ratings against that Ohio State-Michigan State game, I'm guessing. Yeah. You got A&M, Alabama, um, Auburn, Georgia. Tennessee, LSU, those are some of the SEC games that are going to be going on as well. So, I don't know. I Do you have a preference? You like 11 a.m. for OU Texas? As much as I um, do not like 11 a.m. games, home or away, there is a benefit for OU Texas being 11 a.m. It's that you get to get out of there in time and still get to have what I consider the best meal of the year. And the best meal of the entire year, to me, is not Thanksgiving. It's not Christmas. It's not even your birthday. It's the uh, dinner that you have Saturday night after you beat Texas and Dallas. That, that's, and you can get to the restaurant at a, at a lot better time, I think, if you have that 11 a.m. kick. Now, should a restaurant trip really determine if it's going to be uh, an 11 a.m. or 2.30 kick? No, of course not. I'm just at least giving you a positive yeah. of an 11 a.m. kick for that day. I thought you were going to say the best meal of the year is – the leftover corn dogs from uh, three hours earlier at halftime that have been sitting there at room temperature God. all day. I uh, I had one of those last year in the post game. The best meal of the year might be when I finally get to 
get in the shade at 6 p.m. and have dinner here at the Rustic. That might be the best meal of the year. We'll see. You're gonna, you know, there's something about your core temperature going through the roof that makes you really not hungry. You're not going to want to eat anything uh, having been outside that long. That's my mm. guess. All right. Let's Probably hit a quick not. timeout. Tyler's down there in Houston. They've got the Sooner Caravan coming through. Should have some fun guests hopefully join us throughout the broadcast today. But we got Coach Stoops coming up next. Stay tuned. Welcome back. It is The Rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. I'm live in Houston today at the Rustic Inn downtown, 1836 Polk Street. We're getting you ready for the OU Coaches Caravan. Brent Venable is going to stop by later tonight here at the Rustic. But... It's our favorite segment of the week. Bob Stoops joins us, brought to you by Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Be sure to check out uh, Rock and Roll Tequila this week as well. Bob, big week in the state of Oklahoma. Will you be making your way to Tulsa to watch uh, Tiger Woods live in person? Hey, um, you, you cut out on me the first part of that. You, you heading up to Tulsa to watch some Tiger Woods this week? You know, I'm going to go over tomorrow and watch uh, watch a practice round or just watch whoever comes through and meet some uh, Tulsa buddies and uh, enjoy the day there tomorrow. After that, I don't think I'm not much for those crowds. I think I'll just watch it on TV after that. <laughs> I don't blame you for that. Get out of the heat. Go enjoy it at the house. It's going to be really cool, though, and uh, uh, OU's going to be. Yeah, it's- yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, just the course just on TV looks just incredible. So, and and you've heard that from so many of the players. So, uh, yeah, good for Southern Hills and Tulsa. That's awesome. Coach, I, I wanted to ask you, I don't know if we ever have had a chance. You know, the SEC news dropped last summer. It put a bunch of wheels in motion about uh, conference realignment and stuff, and then it turns out the Big 12 – is going to add four teams. Now, they're going to add those teams, it looks like, for next season, the 23 season, UCF, BYU, Cincinnati, and Houston. And what do you think about those additions uh, with the Big 12? And it looks like Oklahoma uh, may at least be in, in the conference with those new teams for one season, perhaps two. Yeah, I, I think it's great uh, in, in the fact that I don't. Um, I think it's great in that there's a lot of really good football teams there. Uh, how much revenue they're going to bring to the Big 12, I don't know what, how that's going to look. Uh, if they're going to bring additional revenue and or, you know, uh, Oklahoma and, you know, if our piece would be any bigger or not, I'm guessing not. But uh, as far as bringing in some really quality football teams, uh, I think that part of it's really uh, solid and really great. Um, yeah, so uh, that part of it's really good. You know, Bob, we as uh, the fans, we're always obsessed with uh, kickoff times, what time the games are, all that. Uh, I'm curious from your perspective, though, did you have a preference at all to kickoff times when you were the head coach? Did you like night games better, or was it just it's 11 a.m., whatever, we'll go wake up and go play football somewhere? Yeah, that was always my attitude because unless you want to give away TV money, then you just don't worry about it. You play when they tell you to play and when TV feels it's the best time to play, and that's just the way it is. That's the price of doing business. So um, 
I uh, I never minded getting up first thing in the morning and getting in game mode and going to play. But, you know, when you could adjust, if you had a night game, you just pace yourself through the day and, you know, make sure you don't get too wound up and energized too early for it, you know, to keep your energy for later. So you just you just got to do it. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's not too bad, I guess, whenever – you're, you're hit with a variety of different game times, but whenever you have to start pumping out nonstop 11 a.m.s, I, I, my guess is that it, it's, it's, it's probably easier on the players and coaches to get up and do it early instead of sitting around and waiting, but it could probably maybe make recruiting way more difficult trying to get a bunch of kids in to see the game and, and that sort of thing's probably the hang-up. Well, that's exactly right. Um, it's not the best at all for recruiting and parents and all that. Uh, as far as, you know, a, a coach's work day to get up and get going and have it done, and even players, you know, you some of our players are from out of town, don't get to see their families very much. Would you rather be finished playing at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and have all day and evening with them or finish at midnight and not get to see them hardly at all? So, you know, uh you know, it's just the way it goes. But, again, it really doesn't matter. You you know, TV's going to dictate, uh, you know, when you play. That's just the way it is. Bob Stoops is our guest live on The Ref, brought to you by Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. Bob, I was telling Teddy yesterday that there's a team that I'm really starting to like for next season, and that's the Kentucky Wildcats with your brother Mark as the head coach. What does he have, two 10-win seasons in the past four years? It's pretty good. What's been his secret up there in Lexington that he's been able to really consistently churn out some really good football teams up there? Well, obviously, Mark has done a great job as a head coach. First, I, I think in recruiting overall, not just he, him, but his assistant coaches, they have incrementally, year after year, just gotten stronger, more physical, better players. Little by little, they've just improved their talent and the other part is he's done a great job with his assistant coaches keeping the right guys but also when he's had you know some really successful coordinators that have gone on he's followed up with other really strong and and quality coaches and I really believe he's done that again this year Um, so uh, you know with replacing his offensive coordinator so anyway um, yeah, Mark's done an awesome job, and they have had, uh, I think, two 10-win seasons in the last four years. And, and the other seasons were, I think, I don't know, seven or eight wins in bowl, bowl, uh, bowl games, I believe. But uh, So anyhow, no, I'm, I'm excited for Mark and, and what they're doing at Kentucky. Uh, that's that's part of the reason the SEC East has become quite a bit more difficult. Um, obviously, Georgia there, Kentucky – has uh, they finished second in the East last year? Ten and three season, really good stuff. Tennessee's getting better. Florida, um, I think, is probably looking to bounce back, which kind of gets me thinking about when OU and Texas make their way to the SEC. What do you think is going to happen? Have you heard anything as far as is it going to be two divisions? Are they just going to add uh, to the current uh, East and West or? Is it going to be the pod situation that people have thrown out there with four teams in four different pods? And uh, what have you heard? And, and what do you think would be best? I, I haven't heard at all. 
I have heard more than anything maybe of the pod idea. Uh, now, I don't know if there's any validity to it or not. Um, you know, so I, I think we'll be fine whatever we do. Uh, and, um, listen, when I, when I was in the SEC at Florida with Coach Spurrier, uh, the strongest by far part of that league was the East. And now it's changed where, you know, of course, with Alabama in the West. But back in that day with Coach Spurrier, Florida, I think in his – in his 10, 11 years, I think he they, they won the league like seven times. Mm. And with Tennessee right there with us, um, always had great battles with Tennessee. And the West wasn't very strong. And, you know, but again, so now it's, it's a little bit different. So it doesn't really matter. You're going you're gonna to play, you know, you're going to play the bulk of those teams regardless. And hopefully you can get in a SEC championship game and play another great team. So, uh, but again, I, I, you know, we, we've got a lot of confidence that OU will be more than ready for it. Bob, there's a, a new young coach on this staff that I think a lot of fans are excited about. His name is Miguel Chavis. Now, apparently, Miguel Chavis wears cleats to practice. First huh. off, what do you know about Miguel Chavis? And two, have you ever heard about a football coach, a college football coach, assistant, head coach, whatever, wearing cleats to practice out there with the guys? Yeah, I think I know Jim Harbaugh wears them in games. I believe so, anyway. And uh, yeah, I think it's awesome. But uh, hey, I more good for him. He's going to work. He's working hard. I yell several times uh, here in the last months. So he's awesome. Uh, an excellent coach. Great recruiter. Fun person. Great person to be around. So uh, uh, anyway. Um, yeah, that you know, that's that's great. Whatever you got to do to get the job done. Yeah, I, I saw a couple videos of him out there. Now he didn't have pads on. The players were in full pads. He didn't have any pads on, but uh, he was button and pressing and and th- throwing those guys around a little bit. Sometimes you got to get in there and get dirty a little bit to uh, to show the technique. Sometimes it's easier to well, to actually show it than it is to tell someone how to do it. I guess. Yeah, I've seen Coach Venables do that to you back in the day, so so why not? No doubt. Heck yeah, no doubt. I remember Coach Ed used to put the cleats on to do some uh, pass rush against the offensive line too. So yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Coach. Hey, we appreciate your time. Hey, real quick, who do you got winning it this weekend up there in, at Southern Hills? Oh man, uh, I'd have to go just because he's been so hot. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna go with one of the Oklahoma guys. Uh, give me uh, who's who's the top uh, Oklahoma Oklahoma State guy uh, right now. You got Gooch is playing really good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with Taylor Gooch. Taylor Gooch, oh, man, I would love to see that. Home, home state guy, why not? Um, you know, again, I'm sure he'll have a bunch of people here. So. Uh, anyhow, yeah, I uh, hope hopefully all those guys play well. I believe they will. Yep. Bunch of good ones out there. It's fun to see Ricky Fowler out there, too. I'm going to look for him tomorrow. Going to be good stuff. All right, Coach, we appreciate you stopping by. Have fun out there this weekend. All right, guys, great to be with you. Boomer right. Sooner. Boomer Sooner. All right, quick timeout. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get back with Tyler down there in Houston. He's there for the Sooner Caravan. 
I'm just hanging out in studio. Hit the text line as well, Air Comfort Solutions text line 651-3439. We'll be back. It is the rush on the ref. Live in Houston today from the rustic downtown Houston, 1836 Polk Street. A lot of you uh, ref listeners in Houston have told me that you're going to be down here tonight and get one of these free ref t-shirts. Can't wait to see all of you. Brent Venables going to be in town. Should be a lot of fun as uh, BV gets Houston hype tonight for some uh, Sooner football coming up later this year. Hey, totally random thought from today, but you have the belief that Miami has a chance to come back. Um, I, I guess I'm a little bit more skeptical of that for various reasons. So on that subject, are there any college football programs right now winning at a high level consistently with average to below average facilities? Because I feel like, man, if Miami, if you're right, if Miami were to elevate and start maybe controlling the, the ACC, they might be the only program in college football winning consistently with average to below average facilities. I don't know the answer to that, mainly because I don't know what most people's facilities look like. Um, I, I don't think there's many teams just in general that don't have really good facilities these days. It's been There's been so much money poured into that, the arms race, that even, even schools that are well down the, the pecking order have uh, really good facilities. The first one that comes to mind, and someone may correct me and say that they've, they've got really good facilities, but I feel like they've struggled in that department, is Notre Dame. Has, have, aren't Notre uh, Dame's facilities just kind of middle of the road? That'd be pretty surprising if they are. I would feel like they've got a decent amount of money pouring in. I don't know how much they make on their NBC deal, but I'm going to guess it's, you know, they get a nice payday from that with the fan base that they have that's kind of worldwide. Um, they don't stick out as one of the best, but I, huh. I feel like they're probably top 15, fringe top 15. Really? But that's that's a good point. I I, I don't I, I I honestly don't know. I mean that is one for whatever reason. I I guess I just consider them that yeah they don't have top five, but they've got pretty decent facilities. They have good enough. But yeah. I don't know. I I really don't either. I feel like I feel like when we and, and maybe there's it's been a long time since we went there, but I feel like it's been pretty dated, but. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to Text look into it. Text line says the school doesn't let Notre Dame upgrade facilities very often because of tradition. Well, they let them upgrade. the. Uh, they got turf on the field now. It used to be natural grass forever. What they never had a video board before. They just had kind of like an old, old, old school looking scoreboard. I think right. they have a video board now. So they've done some renovations to the stadium. If they've done renovations to the stadium, I'm going to guess they've let them have nice facilities around that. Well, all I know is they're never listed anywhere whenever they're talking about the nice facilities around the country. I, I've never even seen what they have. So, I, but that's, so just based off of that, that's why I threw them out there because most of the other top places that win at that high of a level – have have what you would consider really nice facilities or really or or at least 
not not something that you're sitting there saying that this needs to be upgraded big time. So USC has terrible facilities, and I was told that they are going to make the playoff this year by every single national rider. There you go. Yeah, USC doesn't have great facilities, and you have been told they're going to make the playoff this year. Uh, Miami just hasn't. I, I don't know. It, it it didn't feel like it used to matter when Miami and USC were really making the run, but it does matter now, and I wonder if that's going to be a pretty big hurdle for them moving forward. I, I mean, you're always going to have a ton of players around that Miami area. You're always going to have uh, you know some good players in the California you know region as well, but I, I just wonder if that's more of a hindrance than they ever thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, now, these teams are have not been playoff teams, but – I would consider them having won quite a bit, winning at a high level, kind of knocking on the door most years of 10-win seasons. Uh, Iowa was 10-4 and four last year. Iowa and Wisconsin, I, what do their facilities look like? Feel like kind of middle of the road, right? Yeah. Um, feels like Iowa and Wisconsin, like they have a loyal fan base. But, yeah, I, I don't – they don't have, like, Oregon money rolling in or A&M or Texas money rolling in or anything like that. So I'm sure they're nice, but they're probably, in the grand scheme of things, mid-level when it, when it comes down to it. Right. The, I, I, so I, I, it's hard for me to answer that question because, frankly, I don't, know, I don't know enough about what the facilities look like across the country. I know some stadiums, but stadium – doesn't really tell the story of of what your facilities look like, uh, you know, because you know Michigan's got a super old stadium, but apparently their their facilities and this has been a little while ago were updated and were really really cool. So, you know, I I don't know. It's kind of doesn't tough always to say. guarantee success though, man. It it kind of feels like you do have to have. I mean, if you want to break through, if you're not a blue blood and you're really wanting to break through, I guess a la Oregon, it feels like facilities and money does have to play some role in it. But it does not individually guarantee success. A&M has amazing facilities, and we make fun of them all the time. Texas has a – well, Texas has good facilities, but we make fun of them all the time as well. So – it can't just be that. You can't just build everything off facilities, but it does feel like if you want to break through, you, you have to have those things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm looking at this deal that has the top 25. Um, I mean, it's a 247 sports article. It's got Oklahoma State at number 12, Oklahoma at number 11. Is Oklahoma State still at 12? Have they done anything new since – they since they first made that big transformation there feels like it's been kind of outside of football they built that new baseball park uh obrate stadium which is awesome but they do have an indoor that's just by the uh by the football stadium i don't know how new that is it it looks like it's pretty new i'd probably say they're probably closer to the you know the 15 range more than anything it's still really nice there but yeah. a lot of schools have caught up to them. You know, like they did that initial big plan and they put themselves maybe in a position that they have never been been in before. 
but they didn't really do that next second phase, whereas, you know, the big money schools are kind of adding on and developing all the time. So they're still really good. I don't think that they're fringe top ten, though, I, I would guess. Right. Well, um, according to this article, this is 2022 best facilities. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, and, and this is kind of we, – we, we know the Regents met last Friday. OU's got a bunch of money to dump in. This is what we've talked about, though, because here's your top six. Ohio State is number six. Georgia is number five. Clemson is number four. Alabama is number three. Uh, A&M is number two. And Oregon is number one. So you've got uh, outside of, of you know Oregon, who's got an unlimited amount of money. They don't win at that high of a level. Maybe they're going to now. And A&M, who has just continued to dump untold uh, amount of money into what they do. Uh, the next group is that's who wins everything, right? So yeah. the, the distance between where Oklahoma is right now and the group that they need to be in is quite a bit. Now, um, you're saying, well, there's six or Ohio State is six and Oklahoma is 11, but South Carolina – is ahead of us. LSU is ahead of us. Northwestern, Texas. So there's some schools in there that you feel like we 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 beat these schools on the field over and over and over. We got to start beating them in the facilities uh, situation as well. So text line air cover solutions text line. Oklahoma State has upgraded since Pickens money. They put a 1945 national championship <laughs> banner in the end zone, constantly upgrading. That's that's pretty good. Uh, what are FSU's facilities like? Their stadium is pretty cool, um, but outside of their stadium, I don't feel like the money just rolls into Tallahassee like it does some other schools in the South. They got a pretty fickle fan base at Florida State. If they're winning at a high level like they were with Jameis Winston, they'll show up and they'll be loud. But if they're not good or if they're kind of fumbling around, and I know that this is the case for a lot of schools, but really Florida State, man, it, they can have some pretty bad crowds if they're not a good team. Which I, I don't know how accurate this list is because, you know, we see some of these top 25 lists and it's just kind of a throw whatever you can together. But Florida State is not listed in this top 25. Yeah. So. Yeah, that didn't surprise me all that much. Texas Tech's number 23, USC number 25. Woo, so. buddy. The text line, did the $300 million get voted on yet? Thanks. I don't believe that it has, unless you heard something that I haven't. Well, so what were they doing? Just presenting it uh, Friday to the I board? I think so. Yeah. I, I believe so. And I think maybe at a later Regents meeting they're going to vote on that. Kendall says, how in the world does the University of Tulsa – a D1 school who, who has sent back-to-back first-rounders in the NFL not have an indoor football facility? Well, they are in a conference that they don't make any money, and my guess is they don't have a donor base that wants to dump money into f- football facilities. I mean... If the money's got to come from somewhere, and if it's not coming from the conference in your payout, then it's tough. Those are super, super expensive. So, 
I don't know. Yeah, right. Toby said text line. Toby said Auburn didn't have a very good football facility. I've heard that the atmosphere in there is pretty cool. Um, in terms of what their facilities look like, that is a donor base that wants to commit everything to football. Well, so they can't. I because wouldn't guess that Oregon had top five. Well, Auburn, they're listed at 17 on this list, and the reason is because instead of spending money on facilities, they're spending it on the last four coaches that they've bought out of their contract. That's no doubt, man. And they're about to have to uh, have some more buyout money coming up here with Brian Harson at the end of the year. That's right. You know, Auburn, in theory, is a good job. Okay, it's a program that's won a national championship in the – past what 15 years played for another one since then it's in the sec fertile recruiting ground but of how psychotic their fan base and their administration is and the fact that their biggest rival is probably the most dominant uh, college football program can you know in like a 10-year stretch that we've seen in theory it's a great job but i would uh, not be running to take the auburn head coaching job if i had options agree just like bv didn't right all right, uh, we got to hit a Smart quick timeout. Man. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up our number one next. Stay tuned. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you our number one of the rush on this Tuesday live in Houston at the Rustic. Downtown, 1836 Polk Street, getting ready for the OU coaches caravan coming up later tonight. Uh, text line, Teddy, this must be to you. This is from the 918. Leaving work now, baby. I love you more than anything, and I'm so ready to be with you, baby. Heart kissing emoji. Wow. Yeah, uh, I think that's to you. That's interesting. Uh, okay. Wow. <laughs> to which I responded, I love you too, baby, with two exclamation marks. Still waiting on a response to oh, see what they say. Wow. Hey, that reminds me of a funny story. I don't think I've ever told you this, which I can see their their text history that they've texted the show before. They just accidentally sent it to the wrong person. Um, I sent Coach Venables an Uh-oh. inadvertent text message a couple of weeks back. <laughs> what did it say? <laughs> was it an inadverted text message or an inadverted picture? It was not a picture. Oh, it was bad. it was a text message. Um, it wasn't anything bad necessarily, but it had several expletives in it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Is that how you talk when you're not around me? Huh? What are you doing? Is it what you're doing in your free time? You shit around and cuss? Hang out with those guys? Is that what you do? <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, I just said, sorry, that was for someone else, and uh, he just hit me with the LOL. So, all is good. <laughs> <laughs> good to hear. Catastrophe avoided. Hey, uh, Mackenzie Donahue did put out a statement today. She's officially entered into the transfer portal. What a journey. Many of you have heard and many of you have reached out about the fact I am no longer a part of OU softball. So much has been said, and I would love to be able to fully share my story to set the record uh, record straight. Someday I will, but that time is not now. And there's a couple other paragraphs after that, but... Does that kind of spark your interest a little bit? Someday I want to set the story straight, but not right now. Maybe at a later date. That that seems interesting. Um, yeah, sure. Because, well, I don't even know what. Like, she wants to set the story straight. I don't know what the incorrect story is. I don't think I've ever heard anything as to what 
what the deal was other than maybe, you know, just not being on the field. Yeah, um, hmm. I, I don't know. Um, if you're just leaving because if you're just leaving because of playing time and you do it in the middle of the year and then you have a statement like that, you lead off with it, that makes me think that I don't know what else there would be, but it makes me think there's something else there. That's that's interesting. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. Sign me up for uh setting the record straight at a later date. I'm I'm definitely down for that. Um I wanna know what went down. Sure. All right, quick timeout. Hour number two of The Rush coming up next. Tyler's down in Houston. I'm hanging out in studio. Hit us on the Air Cover Solutions text line 651-3439.